0: Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the Storyteller is ready, so let us begin. Are you carrying a comm link? Why, give it, give it to me now. Give it! Rule number one, never carry anything you don't control. Five years before the events of Rogue One and the battles of Yavin and Scarif, a rebellious orphan roams his corner of the galaxy looking for his long-lost sister. Cassian Andor, born Cassa of Kenari, is hiding as the adopted child of Marva and Clem Andor on the planet of Ferex. Having forged his documents to say he was born on the planet of Fest, Cassian lets it slip in his search for his sister uh, that she and, by proxy, him are from Canari. After an exchange at a brothel, Cassian is harassed by two corporate police officers, ultimately gets in a fight with them and kills them both in an alley one by accident and one on purpose uh cassian escapes back to ferris uh, but knows uh that he's in over his head and begins to line up his alibis with his droid b2 emo uh, and friend brasso while also lining up a chance to escape meanwhile deputy inspector uh Corpo uh, Cyril Karn, is determined to find out who killed the two Corpos in an alley, uh, and he discovers information on Cassian uh, in connection to his uh, in his connection to the planet of Canari uh, and actually being located on Ferrex by tracking his ship. Uh, to afford his escape, Cassian enlists the help of his friend Bix to sell a valuable item that he's previously stolen. Bix reluctantly agrees and calls her buyer to come meet Cassian. Uh, Bix's boyfriend is uneasy about Cassian in general, uh, and as a result, Ratsumoto the corpos who are looking for someone from canary on Ferrix. uh the corpos come to Ferrix and uproot uh to uproot and arrest cassian essentially uh, they start by pestering his mother and follow it up with bix and then ultimately end up shooting bix's boyfriend tim Uh, While on the run from the Corpos, Cassian meets up with Luthen Rail, a mysterious buyer who was brought in by Bix. Luthan is more interested in Cassian than the items that he's actually trying to sell. Uh, And with the Corpos breathing down their necks uh, in a rush, enlists Cassian to join him in his fight against something bigger uh, and sticking it to the man, essentially. Uh, With the help of a bunch of explosives set up by Luthan ahead of time, (laughs) uh, they're able to escape on a stolen speeder uh, and ultimately take Luthan's ship off of Ferex uh, leaving a, de- a trail of dead corpos in their wake and leading into the next set of three episodes of Andor.
1: That's right this week the story is about Cassian Andor and his friends. He's a spy and a would-be heroic asset of the rebellion. Uh, today Disney Plus premiered not one not two but three episodes of the first season of Andor starring Diego Luna. It comes With obviously a lot less hype than, say, an Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it also has the challenge of living up to Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which is among the most critically renowned of recent Star Wars properties. Ross, is it possible for Star Wars to release something without there being too much pressure attached to it? Is that even in the cards
0: Sure. I think there's not a ton of pressure on the animated properties because they've generally hit those out of the park and those who watch them enjoy them and those who don't watch them don't get up in arms about their existence. Uh, In terms of live action, though, you're right. The the stakes are generally going to be pretty high. I mean, people weren't huge fans of Book of Boba Fett in general, um, and I didn't feel like Star Wars had a bunch of blowback on that per se, but they're never given... um, really a free pass now I did find that Andor actually had quite a bit of hype building up just in terms of the quality of production uh and the terms of it being a little bit darker and edgier that people were expecting and, and wanting that uh so i think it actually built up quite a bit of hype only in the last two months though uh and that is based off of Uh, people's perception more so of what they were going to get than maybe the story uh, itself or the the initial concept which i think a lot of people were very take or leave
1: i've mostly avoided uh comment sections message boards today just because i'm very conscious from experience of a fault by star wars fans in general to Consensify almost everything there's this consensus about like everything that comes out from star wars as either good or bad. We become this monoculture. We have this echo chamber where we've decided that the originals are good and uh, Empire Strikes Back is the best and the prequels are bad and the sequels are bad and Mando is good. And obviously you and I know that it's a lot more complex than that. And just as as fans of anything, we should be allowed to have our of own course. opinions. Um, but I don't know yet what the consensus is about Andor and we can talk about that. Can you um, explain for me uh, how you consumed this show? I assume you got up early and just dummied the whole thing?
0: No, I didn't actually. I did get up early, um, but just in terms of my workday started earlier than I anticipated. So I only got through two of the three. And then at the end of the day, I was able to, as soon as my workday ended, I I watched the third. Um, This was a a weird one uh, for me. Uh, I really uh, didn't enjoy the first two episodes. Me
1: too! Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that all day. I've been like, I'm gonna have to find a way to convince Ross that it's it's justified that I was bored to tears for those first two episodes. Yes, I
0: completely agree. And so the fact that I sat with just those two episodes all day and didn't have the third one under my belt, which is considerably better than the first two in in my opinion. Uh, But yeah, I was extremely underwhelmed. And the consensus, Colin, is, an actual consensus online it seems to be uh and like kenobi there was no real consensus on it was it was a, a quite divided but yeah mando seems to have a pretty strong consensus uh but the consensus online is everybody loves it yeah uh, and like is crowning it the like the grand jewel of star wars tv and i just don't Fucking get it see I was, I was uh, kind of aware of a good that episode three but
1: I was kind of aware of that and I think that part of the problem too and it's it's wrong of me also to make judgments about other people and of course everyone is entitled to their uh their own stance and to enjoy different things but I think a lot of like adult male Star Wars fans for you know decades on have decided that they need their content to be as mature as they are and so if it doesn't have a Jar Jar Binks, which is a bad example because that is a shitty character. But like, if they feel like it was, you know, it's it's speaking their language, then they kind of have to sign off on it. And I don't really know where I stand on that. I like stories about people talking in rooms. I like character dramas. I yeah. like politics. Like uh, some of my favorite content is that and isn't Star Wars. Um, but there was just something kind of, and I think it's the characters. I think there was something really two dimensional about these characters, Cassian maybe notwithstanding, but even then, I'm kind of reminded that in Rogue One, this guy isn't necessarily a scene stealer.
0: I, I completely agree with you there. Now, I wouldn't say necessarily, because like, I found the supporting cast to be pretty strong in the sense of, I think, like in the limited time we saw that character of Brasso, he mm-hmm. was really interesting. Uh, Remind me who Fiona Brasso Shaw is? is Brasso is his friend that he builds the alibi with. Uh, He's the guy who I I love the line I wrote a few lines down. He says, you insulted my choice of beverage as host and provider. I was offended by this. You failed to gauge the depth of my irritation. You rose (laughs) to make your point vocally. I was helping you back into your chair when you fell. You were gone when I woke up. You've come here to apologize. I've accepted your apology. I I, I love that guy. I felt like great line, good little interaction. I thought Marva, uh, his mother, I think she's really interesting sure uh and i even think Bex is, is 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 quite interesting um tim was annoying and so i was kind of happy he got shot uh but you're right cassian is not necessarily a steen's a scene stealer and while Jin urso also wasn't the most engaging protagonist in my mind uh i found that it had A great cast of characters and a really, of course, important point in time and purpose of the show that it didn't necessarily matter per se. But thus far with Cassian, uh, I feel I'm getting that same sort of this protagonist isn't drawing me in a ton, but... None of the, S, uh, the the peripheral elements of it are that Star wars Z either, so they're not drawing me in either. No, if, and if it's, you know what I
1: mean. it's kind of a fine line because it's great if they want to be the show that ages up Star Wars a little bit and is a little bit less for kids. That's, that's fine. I think it's great if yep. they can have that kind of breadth in their content uh, and their development. But... There's also something to be said for knowing what you are. Like I heard somebody say, and I think a lot of people have said at this point, that the biggest difference between the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the foundry of the DC Cinematic Universe, like circa Zack Snyder, um, is that it would appear the DC movies are embarrassed to be superhero movies. And I don't know if Cassian's going to have that problem, but it doesn't seem super proud to be Star Wars. And I think that even differed it from Rogue One for me, because if Jyn Erso was kind of a hollow protagonist and and Cassian was kind of missing something in that movie too, beyond K2SO, maybe the main charm of that movie was like seeing the mean guy from the cantina bar in the streets or just like seeing a lot of stormtroopers or seeing Tarkin or like the familiarity of the era. And I didn't really mm. feel like this was Star Wars any more than, you know, some other show with spaceships.
0: Completely agree. I, I felt like it lacked the Star Wars charms, the Star Wars familiarity. Uh and like you said, like uh the themes of Rogue One were so incredibly Star Wars uh and um I guess what I like to see out of Star Wars because it's the consistent through line. And I said before, I didn't want this show to be cynical and I don't necessarily find this show to be cynical thus far at all. But I do find it to be completely devoid of charm other than the tiny amounts of B2 emo. And that is the only thing that is redeeming. And it's just not enough to feel consistently like Star Wars. And what you said about like MCU versus DC movies as well. Uh, There's a charm in Marvel and whether or not it's maybe too jokey in certain areas and marvel and star wars aren't the same thing but there's always been charm in star wars i mean like 3po and r2 are prominent from the bloody get-go and those are your court jesters and there is no court jester here whatsoever nope. no clown uh, and you have like this like Wimpy Tarkin, which I actually, I think he's really interesting. Uh, this like corporate police, the, the deputy guy who's, um, sympathetically pathetic, uh, and yeah. obsessed with order. So he's like kind of interesting, but you're just loaded up with a bunch of those type of characters. Whereas you don't have a balance. Sure. Uh, the same way that like this, like the, like you said, with stormtroopers, them being familiar and kind of bumbling fools. Whereas, uh, these are a new set of villains like this corporate police that we've never really seen before which while consistent with the way empire would run things still doesn't feel super star warsy
1: No, and you know what? I I mean, I watched all three episodes this morning, and I haven't spent a lot of time remembering specifics of the three episodes. And that's the other thing is I'm pretty sure they released all three of these because they knew they needed to get some meat out there. It wasn't a favor to us by any stretch. Uh, But I haven't thought at all about that, uh, that Imperial officer who gets a lot of screen time. And maybe has a lot of potential to be a really interesting character. In a sense, he might be the ethical analog to Cassian in that he's also in a moral gray area, but he could be swayed based on what he thinks is right in the moment. And so he might actually have some heroic uh, turns in the series, which could be interesting. Or he could go completely the other way and get really, really snidely. Um, I, yeah, liked, I liked I liked that right. that droid quite a bit, especially like where he's one of the first new characters introduced. I kind of thought the pilot got off on a really good foot in the first five minutes. He kind of has like a good rapport with this droid. I like the design of him. And then going to that scene in the brothel, again, I had no issues uh, until well after the scene in the brothel and the alley scene where he kills those two people. I was like, okay, we've just established who this guy is and what the show is going to be like. Uh, warts and all. Like we weren't afraid of that. And so I was, I was good. I got up early. I had my English muffin. I was pretty ready like the first 10 minutes into the show. And it wasn't until I found myself checking my phone that I realized I wasn't even really sure what was happening anymore.
0: Yeah, not much happens in this show. Uh, The fact that I was able to kind of do a a summary that was a little drawn out and still covered three episodes in the amount of time it sometimes takes to cover what happens in one episode of Mando. Yeah. Um, And it's not like it was... I didn't necessarily find it boring, but I didn't find it enthralling the way that dialogue that you would get in like Breaking Bad is. People keep comparing this to like an HBO show and it may have like that, that kind of dreary pacing to it. But I don't think I actually don't think this would be talked about at all if this wasn't star wars and i think that people who think that this is the best star wars maybe it's a sign that either they're too obsessed with what they want something to be to really actually evaluate it for what it is or maybe they don't remember star wars for what it actually is yeah Oh, there's Uh,
1: definitely a case to be made that star wars fans don't really like Star Wars very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it, it's something that's it's disappointing. Like I don't want to like it to sound like gatekeeping in the sense of oh, well, you don't really like Star Wars, right. but it's one of those things. But if like that, if you complain only about something, and then the thing that you love is the thing that's the furthest from everything, the, the else, essence of it, right? Then it's it's a little bit like okay, well then you're, you're maybe you're missing the mark <laughs> just a just a little bit, and, that, sure. and that's fine. But it's just maybe you're more of a george lucas fan or something I, I don't know what i'm trying to say
1: so he, here's where i really fall apart too in the viewing much of these three episodes uh are dealing with two timelines so we're mostly following like cassian as diego luna but then there's also this backstory where he's like a preteen he's like 13 or something and he's a member of a primitive tribe um and he and there's like an attack and he gets out on his own and that leads to him being adopted by uh by marva um and of course, my instinct initially, because he looks exactly like Diego Luna, I'm like, and his name is Cassa. I'm like, okay, well, this is Cassian. This is boy Cassian. Uh, and he has a sister and everything. And then at the top of the third episode, when Fiona Shaw meets Casa the first time, I don't know if there was like a shadow on her or something, but I didn't get that she had brown hair instead of gray hair. And I, and I was like, have I been watching this for an hour and a half already, and this isn't Cassian? And if that's the case, like, is it their fault that I was so confused by this? Is that what they intended? It was another half an hour before I realized, no, I was right the first time. This is not the only time I made a massive character mistake. It was the third episode before I realized that Bix wasn't Cassian's sister. Because oh my god, first, really? Because the first episode, and I'm, I'm sure there was dialogue that qualified that, that it just kind of, it slipped by me. But the first episode is about him trying to find his sister, and then indeed he catches up with her in kind of like a cold, non-re like sort of, I haven't seen you in a while kind of way. It wasn't warm, it wasn't an embrace, but I was like, oh, I guess this is who he's been trying to track down. And so when I uh, realized that, again, I, got, yeah. I felt really alienated by the show. I was like, I'm trying to keep up with you, but I feel like you're not really throwing me any softballs
0: that's interesting i guess that is a a, a fair connection to make it's not one that i made i kind of just assumed that like he hadn't seen his sister in a long time but maybe that should have been edited better with the flashbacks to further imply that he was separated from his sister now those flashbacks i'm glad you brought them up because i've got a a handful of issues with them okay uh number one i think they uh, and this is i this is so mean because um, <laughs> you never should insult a child actor, especially in the world of Star Wars. Um, but I thought the, I thought the kid was not a good actor. Okay. Uh, in the sense of there was nothing remotely Cassian about the guy. I mean, yes, I know that he's raised in a completely different culture than the one that he's that we know him in. Um, but he seemed incredibly timid. Mm. He seemed like the runt of the litter. He was, um, like a, he was pushed around. He was a follower. Um, and while. Maybe that's trying to illustrate something about Cassian, um, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And then he throw this throws this weird temper tantrum. Sure. Uh, in, inside the the crashed ship. I don't know why he's so angry. It doesn't make any sense. And then Fiona Shaw kidnaps him yeah. from the rest of his tribe. That was probably going to get slaughtered. But and so like <laughs> there, there is logic in there. But under those circumstances, his sister's like likely got gets away. I assume that sure. he's been looking for her for a reason. And she, I mean, she's probably gonna die in the long run anyway, yep. but it just overall, nothing in those flashbacks work for me. On top of that, the most famous line, in my opinion, from Cassian in Rogue One is I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Oh. No, you haven't, Okay, you were on a planet Until you were 13 and you didn't know of anything that was going on in the galaxy. So you just took literally the most memorable line from a character and just threw it under the bus with this weird other backstory you needed to tell. So they've already been
1: sloppy with the dialogue. That's too bad.
0: That's like a really big mistake that needs to like when they said that he was born on canary and not fest like that's a bitch slap to anyone who's ever read a visual dictionary i knew cassian was born on fest i like the background like the way that they were able to change it and be like oh no they just changed and forged his documents i don't care that 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 totally works yeah but this one just cast somebody who's six years old for god's sakes yeah like you just be a little bit consistent be a little bit
1: like like act like you give
0: some shit about uh, people who pay attention to this kind of thing
1: right and if boy cassian if casso was a little bit younger it would be a little bit more plausible that his personality has to change it has to come a long way and so i guess we're supposed to take it that he doesn't grow a spine he doesn't become this um this renegade until he's taken into the care of these pirates of sorts um but if he's already like 13 or 14 you're right he's he's kind of already built into himself and canonically, Cassian is supposed to
0: be 21 fucking years old in this show. Oh, which gosh, really? Diego Luna is like
1: 43 or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, they didn't even so try it, to make him young. They could have like shaved he, his beard. Yeah, his beard. He looks older than he does in Rogue One, sure, which makes sense. Sure, they could have, have boyed him. Six years later. They could but. have buoyed him down better. They clearly didn't make an effort towards that.
0: And that's okay. But don't then also... Cast a thirteen-year-old to play somebody like—is that really ever supposed to believe that in eight years that child becomes (laughs) forty-five-year-old?
1: Hey, it's tough on the streets. (laughs) Yeah, and also like
0: learns to adapt to the like a totally different lifestyle in less time than he was living in this kind of primitive lifestyle. Yeah, I don't know. It just little like those were a few things that really didn't line up. Uh, They didn't pull me out of the show, but in. Any element of retrospect just were
1: bad choices, seemingly. Mm-hmm. I also was kind of satisfied to see Tim gunned down just because he was he was irritating. And also, to their credit, like if we're looking for this show to be a little bit grittier and, and more mature, willfully murdering him in kind of like a, a gutsy way was was an example of that. And so I thought that was good. Good motivator for mm-hmm. Bix as well. And it also kind of frees her up, kind of gives her like uh, reason to be all the more unlawful on Cassian's side and so that'd be interesting um, I mm-hmm. want to talk about I want to talk about Luthan but first I just want to observe that I think another reason that we felt disjointed from Star Wars is that they didn't give us um, uh, Force Whitaker they didn't give us K2SO which we didn't think they would anyway they didn't give us Bail Organa and so like they were, actually Cassian was the only familiar character and we only know mm-hmm. him from one movie They didn't give us Mon Mothma yet. No, now I do know.
0: I do know that episode four, um, because these are done in arcs, uh, and there's a new director for the next three episodes. And I do know we go to Coruscant and Mon Mothma is in the next episode. Okay, cool. Um, Just because screeners were sent out to people uh, for four episodes, and so um, people, a couple people mentioned. Uh, don't expect to see Mon Mothma in the first three episodes, but she's in episode four, sort of thing.
1: Well, and maybe this um, is really uh, encouraging for the quality of episode four. If the critics who generally have said that this show is pretty good, if they mm. saw like the show get really good in episode three and four, four even more so, that I, I'm I'm certainly open to it. It's not like I have like a a nasty taste in my mouth, but this wasn't the start I hoped for.
0: Yeah, I I would completely agree. Uh, and overall, I mean, it just, like, I saw a poster yesterday for, for the first time. It was a, I don't know why I hadn't seen this poster before now, but it was such a goddamn cool poster. And it was uh, an overhead shot of the Imperial Senate with just a bunch of, like, uh, it's the way that they light the room and the way that Star Wars does a great job of this. It's, a, it's a, just a shit ton when you uh, when you have the bird's eye view of Imperial logos, basically. Yeah. Because all the pods from an overhead view, look like the Imperial logo. And so you just see basically a bunch of Imperial logos, but it's almost like they flip the coin and there's just a couple rebel insignias scattered amongst all of like the sea in the Imperial Senate. Kind of just show like the little budding uh, bits of rebellion and like the the Mon Mothma's and the Bail Organa's. And that got me really excited for the political intrigue. And then I think, okay, this tone that we've seen in these first three episodes you give me this tone with Mon Mothma at high-end parties on Coruscant with the big wigs of the empire, then maybe this spy thriller with higher stakes in a more familiar Star Wars environment might really work for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think episodes maybe four five and six could be exceptional. I'm certainly keeping my, um, my mind open to it being a, a totally different show because i mean even the the fact that we've got one director for three episodes it builds a tone and then we've got a new director and so it's going to have a bit of a different tone It might even have uh different writers uh because i know there's different writers for different parts of, of the season so uh i i'm not judging the rest of the the season by these first three episodes and even episode three like we like we said it is a is a a much better incline that hopefully we're just kind of ramping up with.
1: These We are moving to week-by-week week releases. It's not like they're doing yes. another trilogy. Yeah. That's probably for the best, honestly, to create intrigue. I, I, f- I think I felt a little bit... um A little gassed by what they gave us. Two is one thing also. But mm. I think that's what we got with Obi-Wan. That was exciting. But knowing I had to get through three this morning, especially where it kind of started, Rocky, I was... It, it just made things all the more challenging.
0: It was disappointing in that i like to i like to watch them all right away and right. i just ran out of time <laughs> yeah and so th- that was something where i was like well this is not too much but uh this is literally more than i have time for in the morning and so yeah it'll be good to have it back to a week by week and then yeah I can just um have a, a bit of a, a bit of a nice morning slow burn with the with, with the show and watch watch them one at a time
1: they're pretty slow rolling out luthan as well stellan star Skarsgard's character i don't think he says anything in the first two episodes he's seen in the second episode but he's quiet and then he actually mm. is very prominent in the third one and he's good he remains mysterious um and certainly the escape with the the chain spools falling from the ceiling was the highlight of all three episodes for me anyway like that was the action i had been really hungry for all morning it was really good
0: yeah, I thought it. W- I thought it was good. Uh, the act, like it, although it was a heavy action sequence, uh, the conversation they have before that, like the the bit of spy banter and whatnot, that was the part that really got me excited. Right. Uh, and like the like the, how do you know it works? It's sealed the moment I plug it in, the value drops like the, like that kind of back and forth, uh, like the bartering, um, almost like do you have the microfiche and yeah. uh, do you have the money and it's just it 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 was a a really good start to kind of that spy thriller style uh which is what always excited me about the show and so i was more um perked up by by that conversation and then having also the corpos closing in on them i thought that was really good too and just the way they kind of swarm the streets and, and like you said with the uh the one officer takes it too far and just shoots tim for the purpose of proving a point. Well almost. Tim was and Tim so, was charging
1: them. Like he he was, was told charging, to hold but, off. Yeah,
0: but it's still they just they shot somebody who's unarmed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, true. Well I mean that's kind of what the Empire does. They're they're pretty brutal. Exactly. They're not afraid to be that way. Um do are we gonna we're definitely gonna meet up with Cassian's sister. Is that gonna be the end of the season?
0: Maybe. Uh I don't know if Cat like I wonder if it's gonna be um similar to the, what they did with Akira in Solo, where it's she's off actually doing pretty well for herself, but not actually super well for herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it's gonna be just very apparently like she's in, she's a slave and it's it's, it's terrible and Cassian asks Rescuer. Or maybe it will be uh, similar to Rogue One and the way that Jin arrives to save galen but ultimately just in the nick of time to say goodbye sort of thing and so they could pull any of those or maybe she's a main character in season two and they don't kill her off until then uh so there's there's lots of things that they could do or maybe they drag it out and he doesn't find her until like right before the events of rogue one but she's gonna show up at some point it would be ridiculous if it was just he finds out later on oh no she is dead
1: could we see kira you brought her up I don't see any reason why we would. Me neither. And it doesn't, Me it neither. doesn't seem to fit. But I'm looking for places for her to enter because like, yes, she has ties to the force and we don't really want to deal with that in this show, but she's also like a political operative in a shady way. And so it doesn't seem out of the question that like Crimson Dawn is still around and, and she's... Oh,
0: Crimson Dawn would still be around. It just wouldn't be, especially it, like at, at this specific time. But I just I wouldn't think that she would be showing herself in professional political situations mm-hmm. like maybe the like this the seedy underbelly where it's um, like bribery uh, like that could kind of make some sense. But then even still, just she wouldn't be an on the streets sort of operative. So I would see it more as maybe like a like a Crimson Dawn reference I could see happening in this show, but not a not necessarily a, a Kira appearance.
1: Anything else you want to say about these first three episodes of Andor? We haven't talked about it for that long, but I kind of suspected this would happen.
0: Yeah, there isn't a ton to say, but there are some cool things. Uh, I thought the this is something that you'll like. Uh, the, sh- the shitty uh, pistol that you start out with in Mysteries of the Sith. Um, the Kyle Katarn's primary pistol. Okay. Uh, K-16 Briar pistol. Now, I don't know if it's the exact model, but Cassian is absolutely using a briar pistol in nice. this episode. I like that. And so, yeah, I just I, I noticed the rails on the top and I just did a little quick Google search and or briar. And it's it's not on Wikipedia confirming it yet, but it seems like there are other people online who who are in complete agreement that it is definitely some variation of a briar pistol. So that's that was a, a cool little nugget.
1: Is it shitty or is that just like in the video game? It wasn't a very effective weapon. Oh, that's what I mean. It was just it was
0: the it was the worst pistol. It was the weakest powered one. And so we always wanted to to swap it out, whether it was for a lightsaber or the 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 gun that would freeze the stormtroopers so that you could push them off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You just Uh, kind of
1: fire like paper mache at them and they just turn into zombies briefly. It was a weird. Yeah. Or like we would shoot like giant like the big (laughs) rocket launchers were certainly. certainly Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I do have some a a couple fun uh, trivia questions for you. Oof. Okay.
1: Uh, Who directs the first three episodes of Andor? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. I know it's not Tony Gilroy because I remember I didn't recognize the name. It is
0: Toby Haynes. Okay. Toby Haynes. I forget what he's done. I'm pretty sure he's done Succession. Um, Oh, maybe I did hear that. I could be wrong. He's directed Sherlock uh, and and Doctor Who and Black Mirror. Okay. Uh, So I'm pretty sure there is... There's definitely somebody who's involved. Uh, it might be writers from Succession or something, something like that. There's definitely Succession people involved. There in was, the show, uh,
1: being a huge Succession fan, there was certainly no uh, Succession pitter-patter in the dialogue of this very sleepy show. I'll say that much. Uh, this Toby Haynes is a real British go-to procedural director.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> with those, with those uh, credits, Sherlock yeah. and Doctor Who, to say the least. Right. Uh, this is my, one of my favorite pieces of trivia. I have I've ever discovered and I just noticed it and it was an off the like oh my god I recognize that name is that really the same guy um the actor James McArdle plays Tim in Andor mm. he also plays the character Niv Leck in which Star Wars film
1: Niv Leck. uh we go way back is this a prequel thing no he's too young to be a Maybe. prequel actor yeah yeah I think he's like one of Annie's buddies or something you picking one of Anakin's friends? I guess. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know who Nivlek is. Nivlek, uh, he's one of the pilots in The Force Awakens. Oh, okay. So the, uh,
0: the 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 way you could have maybe at any, like, just figured this out on the, the furthest potential way for you to do it was the fact that Nivlek uh, is an anagram for Kelvin. And JJ Abrams sticks Kelvin in everything. Kelvin was his grandfather's name, and so he always names characters Kelvin, or like he'll name projects like the Kelvin Project, or like he'll name like he just he uses it all the time and anagrams of it. And so Nivleck is an anagram of Kelvin, uh, and was the the name of just one of the random pilots in the Force Awakens. um, Who I think I think he's the one who like yells like like to Poe, like black leader, we've got you covered or something when he goes inside Star Killer base. It, so it, it's something that I, I memorized for a trivia purpose at one point. And McArdle just it stuck, stood out to me. I was like, oh, that's weird that the recycling an actor.
1: Yes, what I was going uh, to say has what?
0: dialogue.
1: Yeah, why? And I know it's not a big part. It's not a big deal. It's not going to be alienating for almost anybody. But you'd think they'd have a rule against that.
0: Yeah, but I think they've done that uh, in a much more sizable way. Away with um mcu i think there was somebody who was in like agents of shield who is like a main character in that and a main character in eternals uh so i I think that is one of the biggest like reuses of an actor right Uh, i think they've done it a couple other times and so when you're recycling a lot of these same people between uh like production people between mcu and star wars i'm not shocked that they did it again Uh, but i agree it's probably not the best move
1: (laughs) no we're not going to see tim again anyway
0: no. And the master question. Uh, Luthen Rail wants to buy what item from Cassian specifically?
1: Is it a ship for 40,000 credits?
0: No. Uh, although that would be like you could buy a decent ship for 40,000 credits. Is it 4,000? Uh, no, it is 40,000. Oh, yeah. uh, so you, you were right in that. Oh. Um, which is the reason why when Han charges like 17 to Luke and, and Obi-Wan in A New Hope, it's, it's ridiculous how much he's charging. But no, it is an NS9 Star Path unit which is basically an imperial built almost like a wayfinder but not for like uncharted sith territory
1: <laughs> oh okay so it was that like hard drive thing i, I kind of thought yeah. for some reason i maybe because i pathfinder or wayfinder sounded to me like a vehicle
0: yeah no i mean that that makes sense it looked when i first saw it i was like oh my god is that like uh an like an off-the-shelf uh uh chest plate that vader uses yeah, it, it looked, looked like, like vader guts it, for sure yeah yeah whatever that um chest plate piece is called the uh, breath control system
1: yeah yeah i thought that too
0: uh yeah those are kind of just a couple little fun trivia things um nothing else uh, it was beautiful uh score was great acting was great um, i agree but, the music uh, was I'm... really
1: good i did notice that the music was good
0: yeah, the drumming was really cool, uh, and like that, like the line uh, from Marva, "That's what a reckoning sounds like," and so that was uh, nice and yeah. and ominous in building some suspense for for the bad guys, and also getting them out of her bloody house. Um, and I want to see more B two emo. He was uh, he was probably my favorite part.
1: I'd like to see uh, that's Mar- everything. I'd like to see Marva call somebody a freak because nobody says the word freak like Petunia Dursley. It's iconic the way she says that word. That's her I'm legacy.
0: I'm surprised there's not more crossover between Harry Potter and Star Wars actors. I don't think there's that many.
1: No, I guess Uh, not. A lot of like real, um, like prestigious British theater actors in in Harry Potter. Uh, Mm. And and Star Wars has a lot of British people, but it's also, you know, pretty Hollywood now. Um, Although, you know, had he still been alive, Peter Cushing would have been in Harry Potter at some point
0: that's true and uh, alan rickman auditioned i think for the role of Gerard and return of the jedi okay um he's the kind of the the head moth uh, who uh, uh, we should double all efforts um the emperor is coming here
1: kind of uh, a shame it would be really nice to look back at that and he's like kind of got a small part in return of the jedi that would have been great
0: yeah that would be so cool yeah a little young hans gruber slash snape
1: yeah um okay a- any other uh, outside Andor news
0: no, i wouldn't think uh, nothing so. really on on the uh the news front at all because everything has been so focused on, uh, on on this coming down the pipe and uh episode four people speak very highly of it and everybody seemed to love these first three episodes and so uh, i am very excited for what's to come and uh I, and it is still nice it's it's nice to see everybody raving about it and it's not like sure. i disliked it and so i'm i'm glad it's it's on this side of positivity to say the very least.
1: And like, I don't want for you not to have enjoyed it either, but I have to admit, like I'm a little relieved because I just kind of felt pissed about it for a little while this morning. And then I kind of got the impression, although I didn't look into the message boards too much, I kind of got the impression that I was in the minority and I was like, damn, am I going to, do I have bad taste? Like <laughs> I was like, do I... I often am like really not seeing what other people see, or I really like something that like generally people think is schlocky. And so, um, open-minded for sure, but I feel a little a little more seen knowing that you and I are on the same page here.
0: Yes, I'm glad we're on the same page as well. Uh, overall, the world jumped for joy when when the singular X-wing came on the screen in Mando, uh, and there was there was no moment like that. But it doesn't mean that this show can't still like ramp up to something incredible. It's a slow burn, but that doesn't mean it's not going to get as hot at the end. Right. So. Right.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts on Andor, especially if you disagree with us. Please let us know. Tweet at Recorder66, email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Um, And be sure to rate and review on your preferred podcast app so we can be found by other uh, like-minded Star Wars fans. Or if you're with us on YouTube, uh, be sure to like and subscribe. We're going to be back next week to discuss episode four of Andor. Uh, Hopefully the trajectory just keeps building. uh, And we're going to be with you then. Until we are together again,
0: may the force be with you.